was born ready. <laughs>Hello and welcome to the April edition of the Influential Times. Uh, pleased to be joined by Jack, as usual. Hello everyone. As usual, we'll run through some of the top stories from the month, um, some slightly bigger than others. Uh, I'm going to start with a, uh, an update from LinkedIn. Uh, they've actually launched newsletters now, um, so you'll be able to uh, host newsletters within the platform on company pages. Um, so I think this is really good news because I think traditionally it's been more in the domain of email marketing and now there's a more of a modernization towards actually hosting um, newsletters on social platforms, which is, is all good. Um, this will allow businesses to create longer form content and it will allow people to subscribe to that content, receive alerts. It can be quite targeted as well based on their interests. Um, one of the uh, really successful um, sort of case studies out of this has been Zoom. They were one of the early adopters. They've got all of their newsletters on LinkedIn. They actually managed to get 10% of their following on LinkedIn subscribed within the first few days. So they've done really well by moving across there with their newsletters. So yeah, I guess uh, something we were expecting to happen, but it seems to be going pretty well, Jack. Yeah, I think you know so some features are kind of a big new like paradigm shift and some are just you sort of take something like a format people are familiar with and just make it accessible in more places, I think. This feels like a good example of that, just thinking about, you know, what's the basic function of the newsletter? It's to be able to send an update. If people log into LinkedIn a lot, then that seems as good a place as any to do an update. You've probably got a reasonably engaged following on, on your LinkedIn. Um, so yeah. Yeah, it sort of follows, as I was thinking the other day, with events as well now, obviously. It almost feels like LinkedIn, you can log in and see a lot of what's going on from there. Like you can mm. invite people to events, you get notifications on that. If you're getting a newsletter notifications, it just removes the need to have so many emails coming in. And maybe people, I mean, it will probably get a bit noisy at some point, but LinkedIn are keeping people on their platform, aren't they? Yeah. They're encouraging it, adoption. It, it feels like a smart move, yeah. um, for sure. And yeah, cut out any of the extra steps, you know, needing to go through people's inboxes, getting, you know, getting an open and a click or whatever. Um, yeah, feels feels like a smart move. Um, in a kind of similar uh, related one over in YouTube land, a sort of smallish feature, but they're, they're rolling out what they're calling the super thanks tipping programs. It's not just saying thanks, uh, tipping is now saying super thanks on uh, YouTube. The amounts are kind of medium size, but it's, it's specific to a video. I think, you know, creators complain on, on YouTube. One of the core complaints is that ad revenue is really uneven. You know, some months you can be way up, others you can be way down. And Patreon, I guess, is where most major YouTubers have gone for a kind of sustainable income from fans. I suppose this introduces a kind of halfway house, which is more of a one-off. It's based on the video specifically. So it feels like it would fill in the gap. I don't know if you could see yourself super thanking someone on YouTube mm. or... It seems like a slightly fairer way, doesn't it? Um based on the actual quality of the content itself and maybe how much time someone's put into it, rather than it just being by chance, like you say, on the ad revenue. Mm. It feels a little bit fairer. Yeah, because sort of creators on YouTube have hacked around the ad revenue thing by doing sponsorships, basically, on the ad, and that feels similar. Mm. It's like trying to get more revenue from, from the video itself. Um, but, yeah, possibly. I guess, I guess the difficulty with it is you can't sort of 
as a creator, you're going to have to do the sponsorship. You don't know if you're going to get the tips mm. until you put the video up. So it's sort of, I feel like it doesn't quite solve that, but it yeah. like they're kind of gradually nibbling around the edges of the problem and hopefully they'll get closer um, to the core of it. My second story is kind of a similar, it's another social platform coming at uh, an existing issue from a different angle. And that is Reddit has sort of unveiled like more of a kind of community fund. And it's a reasonably small amount. It's about a million dollars that they've unveiled. But the idea is it's more around sort of funding projects that you know, Reddit is famous for these small niche communities and they want to put sort of essentially make money available for them to be able to fund a project. So an example would be like doing a day festival somewhere for all the people who, who are sort of interested in a, uh, they're all in a, in a subreddit together. And I thought this was quite an interesting way of coming at that question of how do you fund creators? It's sort of going, it's community first and it's letting, it's sort of, they're trying to get out the way mm. as much as possible. So yeah, I don't know how you feel about that as a way of, as a way of doing it. Some, some examples we had were giving away Costco memberships, um, money to sort of give away copies of Lord of the Rings for, yeah. for a Lord of the Rings based subreddit or someone was fundraising uh, to look after horses in Ukraine. Yeah, yeah um, I was gonna say like linking it to good causes is probably something that will, will be quite successful. Yeah, yeah, it could be. It's sort of, it's good press for Reddit. It's, you know, it's feel good for all the people involved. Yeah. Um, reasonably small amount, you know, in Facebook, say they're putting a billion towards their creative yeah. fund, I think something like TikTok that. TikTok have done the same, I think, as well, yeah. that we talked about before. But maybe, maybe, you know, maybe the sheer amount of cash is not everything. Mm. Which brings us neatly on, April's <laughs> big story, speaking of yeah. huge amounts of cash. Yeah, we definitely couldn't leave this one out. Um, obviously, Elon Musk uh, buying Twitter. Uh, for 44 billion, which is a pretty eye-watering figure, Jack, isn't it? I spent that at Tesco earlier. <laughs> Inflation's <laughs> getting really out of control here. Yeah, in the if UK, you're not a club card holder, yeah. you're pretty screwed these days. Yeah, yeah, 44 billion at least on the weekly shop. <laughs> um, obviously, he did become a shareholder earlier in April. I think he was the largest shareholder. He was the lar- I think he was the largest individual like person. And there, was, yeah. there was like a, a private equity fund or something had a little yeah. more than him, but yeah. So we knew he was sort of creeping in there in April and then obviously he's now bought the platform. Um, he's always been a big fan of Twitter. There's been, that's been no secret. Uh, he's built up an audience of 84 million followers. Obviously he's very sort of, uh, I guess, yeah, very influential and you know, quite volatile in some of the you know, tweets and things he puts out um, on different topics. Um, but he's, yeah, he's been saying some interesting stuff over the past couple of weeks. Uh, interesting that he, he said he wants to um, help Twitter reach its full um, extraordinary potential. And I think what will be interesting from our perspective in the industry is probably the things that could change mm. that have been kind of banded about. Yeah, you so, kind of, if you had some ideas, it'd be it'd Yeah, work. I think yeah. Some, of the, some of the things that have been talked about was the, um, the loosening of, of content rules. So obviously mm. Twitter have been, I wouldn't say like really strict, but they have definitely moderated content and they've obviously with Trump and people like that. I think so, yeah, especially since 2016, it feels like it's gotten a little more, they've yeah. sort of tried to tighten things up. You know, they had um, the sort of community moderation project yeah. they put a fair amount of effort into as well to kind of try and get people um, almost moderating each other or trying to be, all these prompts to be more thoughtful. Yeah. I don't know whether he's talking about tearing that down completely or... Yeah, it's an interesting one. He's obviously talking about free speech and all this kind of stuff. Um, I think 
Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. It's a little bit contradictory as well because I know he's blocked he's blocked people in the past who've been critical of him or some of his organisations. So, you know, whether he really believes in it or not, and there's been a few kind of industry experts also, sort of, I guess, giving a few warning signs about you know taking down content moderation, mm. and actually a laissez-faire approach perhaps is a little bit dangerous. But then I think I've heard talk about verifying users as well more. For bots. Yeah, yeah. For more strictly. So it's kind of vaguely possible to see a pathway towards that, I think, where yeah. you verify people more closely. So you sort of have to post as yourself. Yeah. I'm a little skeptical about that, whether that is possible, whether people will game it, whether people will... Sometimes verification doesn't stop people trolling yeah, as well. Often exactly. people say the most absolutely awful things in their own name. 100%. Um, yeah. It's interesting, and like I think with the content stuff, I'm not sure if it's just stuff he's saying at the moment, and he's probably going to find a few challenges over the next months and years. Mm. There's a lot of government stuff going on at the moment as well in terms of like tightening up on moderation, yeah. in terms of online abuse and things like that. So there seems to be more barriers going up rather than down, mm. which I think he's going to stumble across. Yeah. Um, which would be interesting to see what happens. There's also a lot of talk around um, ads, and ad yeah. revenue. Um, there's obviously Twitter, um, Twitter Blue subscription service without adverts. And it seems he noise he's been making is that he wants to revamp and improve that side of things. So more of a subscription basis. Obviously, the majority of people know Twitter as like a free platform and you know more of the ad side of things. So, mm. and I think I saw somewhere I think it's ninety percent of their revenue is ads. Right. At the moment. Okay. That's a lot. That's more than I thought. Um, yeah, and again, people are saying that you know it might be a, perhaps a um, dangerous tactic to kind of focus more on the subscription model. But yeah, you kind of I guess if you can monetize the the real power users, it does feel like the fundamental insight there is that lots of people do rely heavily on Twitter as a kind of daily feed of news and things like that. Um, so maybe there's a sort of 10, 15% group, and if you set it right, you yeah. could, you could yeah. build it up. I think you might struggle though, as you say, there's a lot of casual users and people very used to it being free. And it's interesting, it's sort of, if you think about Elon as a figure, it feels like he almost is a product of like an age of the internet that was more about sort of free and open use. And that's yeah. where the sort of free speech thing comes from, I think. And it's interesting to then see him also talking about kind of monetizing through yeah. that. Um, monetizing through a sort of subscription model, which is a form of barrier if you have to pay to play. And it can be a good way of, of dealing with the, the trolling as well. Yeah. Like if people have to, you know, maybe just submitting their own name, no, but if it was, if you had to pay 10 bucks a month just to be able to say horrible things, maybe you'd just go find somewhere yeah. else to do you it. You can't just keep setting up multiple accounts, right? Yeah, yeah, it'd be an expensive habit to troll. Um, yeah. 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 Interesting, so interesting how it all, all ties together. Yeah, the, the, the other point was um, the editing tweets thing, which has been, feels like it's been talked about for a little while now. You can hear a sharp intake of breath around the world from the, uh, <laughs> from the Twitter engineering team, I would imagine, thinking about that. Because yeah. I, would, I would guess the way their architecture is sorted is just, I'd be surprised if it has a way of dealing with that. And, yeah. You know, it's probably not impossible, but I could see how that's a big, big technical challenge to, yeah. to kind of go back. And, and re-edit stuff, not to mention the kind of bad faith use where... Yeah, exactly. You know, a really common thing that happens as a trolling tactic is after someone retweets yeah. arguing with, with a user, people then change their username because they can to be like, the person I'm arguing with is an idiot or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, yeah, I've been looking into it today actually and just sort of, yeah, trying to get my head around it and 
it is interesting. It's um, like I was thinking about because I read one thing that said that you could have it where if you edited a tweet, you lose all of your engagement. Mm. So you're like you're kind of editing it like like if you did it straight after you tweeted and you you haven't lost anything, and then you can kind of re or you could, or you sort of reset it. Yeah, the engagement yeah. is zero, basically. Which would stop what you were saying. Yeah. Um, another thought I had was like, what if you just said like you could change five characters of a tweet? Like, because mm. the most the common typos. thing, yeah. people get annoyed when it's a typo, right? Yeah. So it's like you could edit a typo, but then if you're letting people change ten words, then it gets yeah. a bit messy, doesn't the, it? The substantive content of it. So I think they, what I'm saying is, I think they could get it right in some way. If there was like a limit on characters or some kind of or a time limit engage, or a time limit or engagement or whatever, lots of platforms have a kind of undo. Yeah. You know, like, are you sure? Do you want to just quickly yeah. reread yeah. this? Yeah, um, could be could be another way of handling that. But um, I just don't think a full like you can edit whatever tweet you want from whenever at whatever length mm. could be a dangerous move. Yeah, it feels like it. It comes down to a sort of a power users experience of Twitter and that be that would be a very big concern. I think if I had millions of followers, the edit button seems like something I would really worry about. Mm. But as an ordinary user of Twitter, I'm not sure I really mind. You can usually tell what someone means. Yeah. I think pointing out typos is slightly tedious behaviour anyway. Yeah. Um in in you know in someone's tweet if the point makes sense and you can still understand then I'm not sure it it matters. Yeah. Um and I think that sort of that feels like the whole thing at stake with all of this. Like, d- d- is Elon's analysis of what the platform is like for most users good enough, based on his experience of using it? As someone with what eighty-four million followers, was it? Yeah. I think that will sort of determine his success as whether he's able to kind of engage with what any of those eighty-four million people feel like when they mm. use the app and what challenges they have, what they want to see. Maybe he's right. Yeah. I yeah. We'll see. I think you might struggle. Yeah. Put it that way. Um, yeah. What do you think? I've yeah. It's 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 quite interesting, isn't it? Um, I think there's a lot of noise at the moment of things he's he's claiming, but I think there's enough smart people at Twitter to that's true to be in the know about what really should be happening. Yeah. Talk him out of the bad ideas, maybe. Yeah. And it's six months till he till the yeah. deal's finalised. I think so. Yeah. He'll he'll hopefully have more time to kind of put his thoughts together in an organised way mm. and maybe he'll do that publicly and come back to you guys can come back to the influential times we'll, I'm sure we'll cover it if it's, uh, if it's on but yeah I'm sure there'll be plenty of other yeah. bits and bobs coming out stay tuned yeah. folks nothing really confirmed yet I guess so that is that is us for the April roundup we'll be back in a month uh, we'll see you when we will see you again for another episode of the influential times thanks for watching Cheers, everyone.